0: Take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies. Put them in a room and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film.
1: Hello, Mr. Finley. How are you
0: today, sir? Hey, Tom. How's it going?
1: I am good, man. I am good. So, um... I think one of the things that we've always sort of, what I've always sort of strived to do with this uh, podcast, a couple of things is one is I've always wanted to sort of force myself, corner myself like a rat to try to watch movies that I've never seen before and also sort of to explore areas that I'm curious or or didn't even know I was curious about in in movies. Is that fair to say? Is that sort of your motivation as well for this kind of thing? Uh,
0: You mean when we started or? No, I mean it wasn't when we started. That's yes, that's a
1: good that's a fine distinction there. Yeah,
0: yeah it wasn't when we started, but I, I think um I don't know, maybe we're thinking about audience a lot and, and um you know, we we didn't want to do the usual thing, although I can't help but notice that when we do the more classic stuff, more people listen and when we don't, fewer people do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm in front of
1: this obscure French, uh, this obscure French director.
0: Although anticipating where you're going, I'm not sure that today's um, film really counts toward that. So, but but let me sort of step back and hear you out.
1: Well, in my sense, it does. Uh, to 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 me, it kind of does because um, I've always had a sort of a fascination uh, with the actress in this movie right here. Mm-hmm. Um, without really knowing very much about her. And then that being the case, uh, I went and picked one movie and I'm not sure it's the most representative movie. Uh, Mm. They could have been picked to uh, talk about Miss Mary Pickford.
0: Yeah, you know, the thing about Pickford is, I mean, you're right in in her being, um, quote unquote, kind of unusual as a choice in that, you know, people have forgotten about her. She might as well be um, uh, Mm -hmm. Gish, right? Or someone like that. Um, On the other hand, she's also kind of part of um, Hollywood history and royalty, you know, in in this other sense. So, um, yeah. And this film, which is um, 1917's uh, Rebecca, Sunnybrook Farm, um, isn't necessarily usual for her. Although one of the things about Mary Pickford was that um, she was oftentimes mistaken for a child, even in her 20s.
1: but she also used that to her advantage. And apparently in a number of movies, she played a child as well. And she yeah. did that well into adulthood. Yeah. But she was able to pull that out for a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of history about her. She's almost as interesting as, uh, well, I mean, it's also like when we do um, Mabel Norman or, or, or Fatty Arbuckle or Chaplin, any of those people, I, I, I have suspect that um, part of what makes their life kind of half the interesting story is that it's also a little bit buried. So we start to fill in the, the, the unwritten mm-hmm. tablets, if you will.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I just be, I'd be very curious to know how much they, um, you know, in Hollywood Boulevard, they were taking bad actress from this one right here. To a certain extent, there's a little bit of a pedigree, uh, right. that I think as far as, uh what do you want to say? Ah, similar. There's some similarities there.
0: Wait, between Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard and
1: yeah, like the character she played in that. Maybe you know, being being in some ways, you know, representative of Mary Pickford as well. It was sort of went on to become a, sort of a famous recluse, but at the same time, she, she oh. you know, faded off into, into some very severe obscurity later. On.
0: Yeah, I don't know that it's it's. I wouldn't say Mary. I wouldn't suspect Mary Pickford um, more than uh, anyone else, more than Mabel Normand, or more than Gloria mm-hmm. Swanson herself, or you mm-hmm. know, or any of the others who who um, who sort of followed that pattern, uh, or, or Clara Beau. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a bunch so of, I mean,
1: maybe it's maybe gosh, maybe it's maybe it's just severely a type, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. I, really well,
0: is. I mean, the classic thing in singing in the rain, right, is this idea that that um, there's a young industry that's maybe in terms of mainstream by 1927, maybe like 12 years old, let's say, or something like that. Mm. And you have this thing, you know, a film stardom. And then all these people are getting the rug pulled out from under them. The ones who are, you know, there's a new meritocracy. In terms of yeah. the sound, right? So there's a lot of tragic um, possibilities there. I guess I'd say, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. I mean, she she was. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about her beginnings? Do you have stuff? I have some stuff.
1: Uh, no, go ahead.
0: She she um, her film debut was 1909, and it was a, a short called uh, "Pippa Passes" by D.W. Griffith, um, and in and. Shh.
1: She ended up doing a lot of work with Mr. Griffith.
0: Well, she made 50, 51 movies in nineteen oh nine. She made basically a, <laughs> a movie a week in nineteen oh nine, and she became nice. um, immediately popular. They didn't. They didn't have um, D W. Griffith didn't do um not title cards but uh credits, uh, credits. yeah he didn't do
1: did, yeah, did credits for it, yeah
0: and and so the public kind of demanded um pickford's um um stardom it was always the girl who did this the girl who did that and they were the
1: girl with the golden ringlets that was one of them too
0: yeah. So so she became such a star that um, by the time 1918 came around was like this huge year. Um, and it was, that's the year after our film. But but just to sort of note, you know, she she'd done uh, literally hundreds of films by that point. Um, mm-hmm. And she was offered a quarter of a million dollars when she d- did not sign a contract with Zucker um, in, in the teens uh, and was thinking about going her own way. Um, Zuger offered her $250,000 to quit the business because if he wasn't going to have her, he didn't want... It was like a no-competition clause. Right. And and she fucking turns around does two things. One, she gets the Spanish flu, which I did not know. Right. Survives the Spanish flu and um, then uh, gets together with with DW, with Chaplin, with uh, Mm -hmm. Fairbanks, and creates United Artists.
1: United Artists, yeah.
0: Which is the first... Sort of mainstream, I guess you could say mainstream because United Artists are still around.
1: Right. And now, are they still around? Yeah. Have they been bought out by somebody at this point?
0: Well, it's that problem. You know, we talked about this with with Steve uh, Maison, and that's that's the idea that it might be United Artists, but in conjunction with, you know, 15 other distribution companies. So, so in, in a weird way, by 2020, we've come back around to the 19 teens in terms of like the sort of like fly by night production distribution companies. But, but yeah, I mean, it was for a long time. You get that UA symbol. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I I
1: remember when I first found that out, I kind of blew my mind. Oh man, Douglas Fairbanks. and like, it was, I thought that was really cool. Still kind of, I
0: still kind of do. Well, I know, but I think what's really great is, and I'm the same way, is you sort of encapsulated our 10-year-old awful nerd selves, you know, um, what what the predictor of our not getting laid for years after that. And that's that, like, <laughs> when I was nine, I was so excited. Mary Peckford was responsible for United Artists. <laughs> like, uh, total geeks, man. Um, uh. she, she, um, uh, she was married before she married Douglas Fairbanks in 19. 19- she was married to this other sort of oafishly alcoholic, abusive guy. And um, the story that came out later was that she was um, pregnant um, and um, probably had an abortion and it was probably a botched job and therefore she could not have kids. And in this weird way, you know, Mary Pickford becomes something we could talk about a hundred years later. And that's the sort of archetype of a woman who um, is able to, to um, rise to the ranks that, that the men are rising to because uh-huh. she's not burdened by the usual sort of diversions of childhood uh, right. and, and motherhood yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. So she can sort of make her own way. But yeah. So, the, I mean, that's the sort of ba- – I have other stuff about her and the things, you know – uh, mm-hmm. She adopted children later on. Apparently, she was a terrible mother, and then then she became. An <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: she was pretty awful. Apparently. alcoholic <laughs>
0: recluse, a la Murlena Dietrich, who was, you um, know, <laughs> all this sort of stuff. But but as of mm-hmm. 1917, um, before all the things I mentioned, she's sort of doing this bit part as Rebecca. She's still
1: new. She's still very fresh faced.
0: Well, I mean, she's done a bunch of films, but she hasn't made the big move in terms of a Hollywood tycoon, you know, the the, the person who's who's a part of a production company because she wants to produce her own choices. Right, right, right. You know, maybe mm-hmm. she's seen, you know, when we did that Lois Weber episode back in like episode eight or something, and, you know, Lois Weber was the woman who had the first, not first by a woman, but first film production company out in New Jersey, you know, no. that that's 10 years earlier or something. And, you know, maybe someone someone like uh, Mary Pickford saw, knew her history and was like, I'm going right. to avoid those mistakes and make this work. Um, because of course, um, first
1: off, get the fuck out of Jersey, go to California.
0: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and Lu- Lewis Weber was totally different. Lewis Weber, you recall was kind of evangelical. She saw films as a way of getting yeah. moral messages across. And the one we saw, I think was, where are my, where are my children? And it was really anti-abortion film, but, right, but, but right. it's like, I mean, yeah, but I look what
1: happened. Ha-
0: yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, it's like, look what happened to me with this shit. We're gonna doray me with this shit. I like. Yeah, I don't,
1: just just in that money, baby, making oh, oh, money on money. Okay.
0: I, without knowing what you meant, I liked it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we have Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, and I, I have to admit that I have not um, ever read Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Uh, yeah, me what I've read, I think
1: that was it. I think the fact that I, I had heard of the book, you know, is pretty much the reason I picked them. I know why. The name did. recognition thing, as much as anything. Because I had no place to start with Mary Pick.
0: Mary Pickford, um, Mary. she, uh, and I, I will say this, though, there, it is a type of film, um, and I, I did read Anne of Green Gables, and I saw the, the PBS series later on, and there is, you know, there are a few sort of series that, that capture this idea of, like, um, the girl who gets adopted and has to contend with and possibly change her, um, the, the people who are her charges, um, yeah. and, and and then change the community and... and, and um,
1: it's the great expectations for for the girl. Yeah,
0: okay, there you go. Yeah, so so that's that's a type of um, a film. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I, I just realized that I went to clarify by using an even nerdier reference. Oh, no, well,
0: no, it's <laughs> whatever. I mean, you know, I was, okay. No, you're fine. You know,
1: as Descartes would say. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So her name, by the way, and one last thing is Mary Pickford's name was Gladys Smith. Gladys, oh, I missed that name, like Myrtle. Uh, Gladys, <laughs> I think Gladys Knight and the Pips were the only one that ever got away with it. But but uh, Gladys Smith, Mary Pickford is actually one of the, one of those odd um, instances where where someone changes their name from something less complicated to more complicated. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so so um, Rebecca, Sunny, just an
1: early recognition that the name Gladys is going nowhere. So
0: uh, yep. Uh, uh, um, uh, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm 1917 it's not a long film it's an hour and 15 minutes I think Yeah, um, it has a lot of things I, I'm going to say overall and then I'll toss it over to you before I, I, I exchange some details with you I, 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 I at times really really liked this film mm-hmm. um, but in segments I kept, I, I kept thinking like I don't, I'd like to watch this in four segments of 15 minutes because, because it, it did become exhausting more mm-hmm. exhausting than than any of the Fatty Arbuckle stuff we watch, and I realized what it was was it, it wasn't a consistent comedy; it had comedic moments, um, and therefore it was really exhausting to sort of like um, when Fatty Arbuckle does too much time on a well, people falling down a well. Right, it's right, like right. I know mm-hmm. that it's part of this bigger payoff, so I have more patience with it. When there are moves, um, and like one of the first things I noticed here was how how far this director um, Marshall Neilan he did nothing else of note that, that that I could find um did not learn from dw griffith because he had sort of ridiculous um visual plotting points um there's a carriage ride early on where where it's like you know the old the old trick that dw griffith taught everyone in filmmaking was Put put sort of monuments or markers in the background, and then change the frame from the pursuer to the pursued, and and the, and you could tell a story about someone walking behind someone, and how close they were, or whether the gap was being narrowed or not. There's a scene where Rebecca, you know, leaves her her mom's um, farm or house because her mom has a mortgage. That's a big deal back then. Um, and and it's like somehow you get the impression that the family is watching for about seven miles. As, as she sort of goes away and they haven't perfected like that type of visual storytelling it's 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 completely dependent on the actor
1: well there's even some like other stuff where uh, in this where like it's just like a it's like a reaction shot like and the editing is just not quite there it's like just a little too long of a hold before the reaction goes in.
0: it does in okay, terms
1: turn to the other and then hold, and then, you know, the, the, to get the reaction. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's very, it, this is a primitive movie in a lot of ways for sure.
0: Well, it's also, I, good. No, 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 go well, ahead. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, I'm going to reduce it. It shouldn't be reduced this way, but two types of directing, and it's obviously more than this, but it's almost like there's the assistant director type of directing where it's like, and oftentimes, whether you're Scorsese or whatever, you'll give it to your assistant director. Okay, I want to get shots of, the New York skyline or this street or this train going by. Sometimes it almost feels like B-roll material. And then there's the the type that's more intimate, like of the stage type where you're like, okay, here's an actress, you know, how do I focus on her face and her making this movement? And so when it was like, when it was focused on, on, on Mary Pickford, and this is to her credit too, as a great in a sort of minimalist actor, um, it was great. Her stuff yeah. was great. The whole, her, her sort of way of, of making small sort of moves in the expression of her face to sort of change the scene are amazing, but also the director took good advantage of it. I noticed the whole setup with like, um, there's a piece of pie and so then you get a shot of like um, her, her new, her aunt's um, uh, biblical passage on the wall, thou shalt not steal. And she looks at the pie again and like, no, oh, no. But then she goes a couple of other paces and the camera goes up and it says, God helps those who help themselves. So now she's in this quandary of like what to do between these two biblical passages. And it's like, oh, the direction and the way she plays it. Those are the moments where I was like, God damn, this is a great little film. But, right, but right. Then
1: were... and, and, But that's her. Like her pantomime is really fucking yeah. remarkable. She gets, she gets an awful lot out of very little, in, as far as like movement goes. Like she just like she get it like just out of the way she she'll like move her eyes from one side to the other.
0: Oh so yeah, that. no.
1: She, she's, she's it's all of it comes across clearly. So that's 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 a quality of her as well as a director. But yeah, just her ability to sort of. Um, just to convey. It's really impressive,
0: man. And well, I, mean, I don't know who to make responsible for it. You're right, it could be her or not the director at times, but but I, I first started writing notes in this film and I thought, okay, well, it's it's going to sort of deal with moral issues because you always have in these silent films, one or two old cunts who come along and make a moral judgment. And here with the moral judgments, the preacher comes along and the preacher's last name is smelly, of course. And he comes along and he tells her like, it turns out that so-and-so they were, they were never married when they had that child. Heaven's gates are closed to them. And the, the two old aunts, Oh my goodness. Oh, 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 you know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Right. But, but then you come along and it's like, um, you know, she Rebecca, she sees their mother's picture And after, Mm -hmm. after they tell her about like how their mother wouldn't put up with nonsense and leave the room, she, she takes a pillow and starts beating up the grandmother's picture and it's (laughs) sort of like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is, there's an opportunity in a way I think that silent films give us to have ambiguity That when when sound comes along, it's like you're going to have to make a speech and maybe that speech will not conform exactly to the morals of the church. And so you're going to have an issue here. In a silent film, you can be a little bit ambiguous because she can beat up the grandmother's picture and the audience is left to say like, well, is that just a child who doesn't like authority and I can laugh at it? Or is there a nod and a wink to like, fuck this moral structure in there, which I do think there is in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I, I sort of... A, no, no, uh, no. Uh,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I guess I never thought of it quite that way relative to, like, uh, you know, Silent Pictures. I, I, you know, I got to be honest. Silent Pictures? <laughs> you no, know, no, I got to be honest. I'm very new to Silent Pictures. I'm... I'm new to Silent I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating them. I'm new to the Silent
0: Picture game.
1: Uh, I am, I am. So they're only
0: Yeah, Tom, by the way, are you tired... I, I forgot we have a sponsor. Are you tired of uh, the Boys of Summer... <laughs> Breaking your windows with their stickball chicanery? Are you looking for bladder busting hard as ice glass at budget prices? Well, then head on down to Roscoe Arbuckle's Tempered Glass Emporium at 4810 Ethel between Fulton and Coldwater. These prices are so low it's a crime, Tom, and not the kind you'll have to go to trial for again and again. <laughs> Tom hates my, because Tom's an actual comedian. So every once in a while, when I do really? these phony ads, really? he just hates them. <laughs> and a I don't blame him. Morning Zoo, we've got hear, <laughs> they're the worst. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, anyway, oh, did you catch um, in his fourth film, his fourth uh, in a row uncredited film, as one of the kids running after the carriage in the beginning, a Mr. Milton Merrill
1: No. Yes. did you know did you know because you know? his wanger was uh, yeah he was out.
0: tripping over his cock his horse cock so i <laughs> yeah, it must be milton barrel uh <laughs> no
1: I, I have to be honest i did not catch that part yeah yeah really, it, i think this movie is an interesting and something about like that 19th like that i guess uh, the movie uh, uh the the book is from like the 19th century right i think so yeah yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know, there's like this that that class of, of book, Little Britches, This, Little Women, or something like that. That's just kind of like talking about children not dying of you
0: know, like scurvy, <laughs> <in> <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, and that's kind of what this is. This falls into that category. And so when you're making a movie out of that, particularly if you're going to do an hour of, of like no talky sort of movie with it. So you were just to say what you, to to go back to what you were talking about before the episodic nature of how you know this movie sort of moved forward. Yeah, it's just like a series of like these little vignettes because there's no real overarching story almost to this movie. It's did, very It's
0: very tepid. I did feel like I was forgetting what the the story was because there are some things that had some something to do with selling soap. I couldn't quite get there was a, right. a, a it, it, suitor. It, it
1: was a it su- was a it was a hijinks. I think.
0: But then there was a suitor who was involved with the soap who kind of liked her. At some point, she gets involved in a parade that becomes a circus uh, replete with uh, children in blackface, I, I, I think it's worth <laughs> mentioning. Uh, da, 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 so da, da, blackface is
1: adorable.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but, but at that point, I started to think, kind of get mad at myself. Like, did you just get lazy and lose a thread of this? And I thought, I don't think there was a thread that was... It, it, you're, it's episodic. You're right. Like, there's just stuff that happens and in the end if there's any sort of like lesson it might be the wink in the nod lesson that, that we should be careful how moralistic we get. It definitely is the sort of fuck you to the type of um, moral gatekeepers like the ants and the Reverend Smelly and Reverend huh. Smelly's daughter. There's a nice scene where Rebecca uh, tries to kick her ass. Kick her ass, see Bass? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I like how she, like, I like how Mary Perford when she's mad at somebody she pokes them in the stomach.
0: And tells him like, that she um, garroted somebody recently with her umbrella. <laughs> Is garroted the right word, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more of, of what she's done. Maybe we should do a full Mary Pickford episode at, at some point.
1: Yeah, um, maybe.
0: And, and, and I would say, I, I, I'm not saying it was a bad yeah. choice at all, but, but you were right in one thing. She typically didn't play kids, so this was sort of like a, more of a diversion than her usual thing, I guess. Um, right. So I'd like to see I'd like to see more and see what she did with shorts, um, but but right. I mean, she's she's interesting. I mean, let's let's rank. Can can I do a ranking uh, quiz for you here? Um, okay. All right. So here they are. Um, uh, we'll do them by episodes. Let's say we'll put we'll put Mabel Norman and and Louise Weber as one choice, um, then Chaplin, then Fatty Arbuckle, then Clara Bow, and then now Mary Pickford. Where does Mary Pickford sort of? Stand is she at near the bottom or near the top or middle? I guess sort of
1: middle. I'd say I'd put it right in the middle. I put it right in the middle, and with the caveat that I really, like I said, I don't think I did her any favors with this particular
0: choosing this particular. I did find her more interesting, not as a person, because I think Louise Weber and, and Mabel Norman have no. an interesting history. But as, as the film goes, I, I found this more entertaining, more interesting. Um, but I would say it's nothing like Chaplin or even Fatty Arbuckle or even Claire no. Bow, frankly, who I thought was. Nah,
1: no, I think Claire's got her beat. Maybe she might be. She might be running. I would say I mean, Mary Wright, sort of in the Fatty Arbuckle area, but Chaplin and Bow are. are- This is also legitimately geniuses.
0: Coincidentally, the masturbatory talk that Tom and I had when we were nine at summer camp. Mary Pickford or Clara Bow? She's got it and plenty of it. She's got it. Be quiet. I'm concentrating on the it girl. <laughs> All, right. All righty, Tommy. Hey um, Billy, what's your favorite girl? <laughs> Shut up, faggot! Punch, punch. Let's uh, let's watch Nickelodeon. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I shouldn't say that. That's now a children's <laughs> network, but now for like the, the last forty years. Anyway, um, Tommy. Oh, oh, I love I love it. It. Sorry, more stuff.
1: Uh, no, I'm good
0: Okay, uh, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes Please, please send us an email At finleysonfilm At gmail.com if you have suggestions Or critiques or what have you Rate and review us on iTunes And then Tommy, I think you have something uh,
1: Yeah, come check me out At uh, tomsmithcomedy.com Number one, Joseph mm-hmm.
0: You are number one, uh, Yeah, Zion. please come check
1: it out And, um, and uh, meanwhile, God love you all
0: Zoom.